The Productive Woman, Episode 279. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. This week, we're going to be talking about getting stuff done, what gets in the way, and how we can overcome the obstacles that keep us from accomplishing the things that we want to get done. You'll find more information and links to some resources that I mention in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 279. This episode is brought to you by MetPro and by FreshBooks. If you're an entrepreneur or a small business owner, FreshBooks cloud accounting software can help you get paid faster and let you focus on the parts of your business you love. And they're offering the Productive Woman listeners a free 30-day trial of FreshBooks right now, no credit card required. So go to freshbooks.com TPW and enter the Productive Woman in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Uh, This episode, of course, is also brought to you by MetPro, which is a concierge health coaching program that I discovered late last year and wish I'd known about much sooner. As a woman, you're used to taking care of everyone, but to be your best self, you have to take care of your needs and your health. This year, you can work with a team of industry-leading experts to help guide you, hold you accountable, and cheer you on as you cross the finish line toward achieving your health goals. Using your metabolic data, MetPro analyzes your metabolism to learn how your body actually responds to diet and exercise. And then with personal coaching, they help you apply those insights into your lifestyle. And it's not just about weight loss. MetPro coaches provide you with the support and education you need to live a healthier life. And I'm excited after my experience working with a coach at MetPro to offer you something special as a productive woman listener. You can visit metpro.co slash TPW to get a complimentary metabolic profiling assessment and consultation. In that consultation, you'll learn about your metabolism and you'll receive personalized advice from a metabolic expert. To claim this offer, head to metpro.co. So that's not .com, it's metpro, M-E-T-P-R-O dot C-O slash T-P-W. Again, metpro.co slash T-P-W. Okay, so let's get into our topic this week. Uh, We all have stuff to do, things we need to do, things we want to do, but a lot of us feel like we're always behind. This this has come up in several conversations that I've had with uh, professional colleagues and, and just women that I know, and I've felt that way at times lately. You know, things kind of got thrown out of whack with us moving and and the other things that are going on in our life. And it's really easy to feel like you're just not keeping up. We're we're just behind. And in in times like that, our to-do list that we've, you know, been so diligent to gather all of our tasks and everything into a to-do list, but it can become less of a help and more of an accuser or even a sign to us that we are failures at getting the things done that matter to us. I don't think it has to be that way, but I think we feel like that sometimes. So what can we do about it? How do we decide what needs to be done 
and overcome the obstacles to getting it done. And that's what I wanted to talk about in this episode, both for my sake and for yours. I'm hoping that you'll find some of this helpful. And I'm also hoping that you can, um, you know, maybe pitch in some ideas into this conversation. So the first thing that I was thinking about in this whole topic of getting stuff done is how do we decide what to do? Most of us have a lot of things going on, a lot of areas of our life that we have tasks and projects that we want to get done or we feel that we should get done. How do we decide what to be doing at any given time and what things should actually be on our list? And, you know, we've done some episodes in the past about managing our to-do list and, and those sorts of things. And I'll try to remember to put links in the show notes to some of those past episodes. But to me, the basic process, especially when you're feeling kind of overwhelmed and like you're not keeping up, is to sit down and make a list of all the things that you're doing, all the things that you need to do or want to be doing, and and just get it all on paper and look at it. And that all by itself can be pretty pretty overwhelming. And we'll get to how to deal with that overwhelm here in a minute. But starting with this idea of how are we going to decide what to do? We have finite time and energy. So what are we going to do with it? So we make this list of all these things that we've been doing that we need to do or want to do, but haven't been doing, put everything on paper and look at it. And then spend some time really thinking honestly about what is most important to you. Everything can't be the highest priority. If everything is important, nothing is. And so really sit down and think about what on, of all these things that are on this list, what is most important to you? And maybe it will help to break that analysis down into sort of work and non-work kinds of things. So, so at work, for the, the things that are on this list that are related to your work or your business, if you, if you run your own business, what are your key responsibilities, the, the key tasks that you're getting paid for, the things that make you money if you're running your own business? Identify those. Maybe put them on a separate list or highlight them in some way on your list. Is these, are the, these are the key components of my job the most important things that I do, the, the, the things, the reason I get paid is to do these things. And it's not everything maybe that you're doing. So highlight those things. And then separately, outside of work, what is most important to you? Of all these tasks and projects that are not related to work or business, what are the things that are most important to you? And that might vary depending on your stage of life, um, for instance, if you're in school, you know, certain things are going to be more important than if you're married or if you're single, you know, different things are more important. If you have small kids or teenagers at home, if you're an empty nester or retired, depending on what stage of life you're at, that will affect which of those tasks and projects and, and things that are on your list are most important to you. But, but really be honest with yourself about what is most important, however you want to define what that means to you based on your values and your priorities, what is most important. And looking at those things, think about how much progress you're making on getting those things done. Are any of those things that are the key responsibilities, the key tasks, the most important things, are those getting done or are those getting pushed aside by other things? 
think about that. And if any of those most important things are not getting done, then it's time to think about what is getting in the way of you taking action on those. And we're going to talk in a minute about some of those obstacles that keep us from taking action and doing the things that we need and want to be doing. But right now, think about it. What is, if, if you're not doing the, the things, the tasks, completing the tasks or completing the projects that are most important to you, what's getting in the way? Is it all the other stuff, the trivial stuff? Is it you just have too much altogether to do, too many important things? Just identify what those obstacles might be. What's getting in the way of you accomplishing the things that are most important to you? And then we spend some time thinking about what can, what can you change in your life to make sure that your best time, energy, and attention are devoted to the things that matter most. And that's the tricky part. We have to make changes in our life if we want to get the stuff done that really matters to us and we're not. Now, uh, let me pause to say, if as you create this list for yourself and you recognize what's most important to you and you are getting that stuff done, I want to hear from you. Let me know how you're doing it. What are the, the tools and tricks and techniques and approaches you're using to get the things done that are most important to you? And, uh, yeah, I'm, and I'm serious about that. Send me an email at feedback at theproductivewoman.com and let me know how you're doing that because, um, you know, share, share your wisdom with the rest of us because we really want to know. Uh, some of the things that we can do, the rest of us that maybe aren't getting all the most important things done, uh, we're going to talk about them, but, but, you know, learning to say no more often, learning to let go, get other people involved, whether it's family getting involved in doing some of the things at home, co-workers doing their part at, at the office or the workplace, and, uh, you know, getting them involved to pull their fair share of the weight, and maybe to ask yourself whether you have the resources available to hire help, uh, whether it's an assistant that can take on some of the stuff, or, you know, paying somebody to clean your house, you know, a couple times a month, or run errands for you. All, we've talked about some of these in the past, but there are ways that we can make time and energy and attention available for the most important things by offloading some of the less important things, the more routine things to somebody else. So those are a couple of things. We're going to get into it a little bit deeper here in a minute. Going into what are the obstacles that keep us from getting the things done that we want and need to do. And I came up with a list of, of some of the obstacles that I've experienced that I've talked with you about that you've experienced or have, have expressed to me as, as being issues for you. And I want to talk about what some of those are, and then we'll come back and talk about maybe a few things we can do to overcome these obstacles. So the first obstacle that came to my mind was overwhelm. And that can come in two different ways. Either we just have too much to do and we just, it just overwhelms us and we can't start. Uh, and I've felt that way sometimes when you've got so much that's got to get done uh, that's important or urgent or some combination of both and it can paralyze us, right? You know, we just, there's too much to do. The other way overwhelm can be expressed is it, if a specific project is just too big and we don't know how to start. 
and that can just sort of paralyze us. We sit and we think about it and we don't take action because we, we aren't sure where to start. So overwhelm is a big one that keeps us from, from moving forward and getting the stuff done that we really need and want to get done. A second obstacle that a lot of us run up against is fatigue. We just don't have the physical or mental energy it takes to do what needs to be done. And we're going to talk in a minute about some things we can do to overcome that obstacle. But I think a lot of us feel that way. Um, we have more, more work to do than we have energy to complete it. Uh, a third obstacle for a lot of us is a lack of confidence. This is a big source of procrastination for, for a lot of us. We're simply not confident in our ability to do what we need or want to do. And so we hold off and hesitate and procrastinate and don't take action because of a lack of confidence. A fourth obstacle that is an issue for a lot of us is disorganization. And that can be expressed in a lot of different ways. It can be disorganized in how we manage our tasks. Maybe we don't have a system in place, no place to capture those to-dos, so we're not really sure what needs to be done. We're trying to hold it all in our head, and, and it's you know distracting us no matter what we're doing. We're think there's, there's something else that we think we might be forgetting because we don't have a system in place. Um, sometimes disorganization can be because either as a result of not having a good place to capture those to-dos, a good task management system, uh, or for whatever other reason, rather than taking purposeful and efficient action, we are reacting to whatever's making the most noise. And that, I, you know, I felt that way a lot of times when I had a lot of young kids at home. And I have felt that way in my law practice when I've had several deals going for different clients and um, all needing different things. And it can be really easy to, rather than have a plan and be purposeful about what you're doing when, you're just reacting to whoever made the, the most recent phone call asking for their thing or whichever um, kid is coming in the door asking for something. And so if we're that, that can be a disorganized approach to doing uh, our tasks and our projects. And disorganization uh, can also affect us in if it's if our space is disorganized, whether it's our workspace or our home or wherever we are. Disorganized space makes everything take longer whether it's because we're searching for that bill we need to pay or the permission slip we need to sign or stamps or, or other tools that we need to get something done, uh, you know, we lose time to that. So we're not as efficient as we could be. And we're, therefore, we're not accomplishing the things we want to get done because we run out of time. Also, just working around clutter can be distracting and, and disorienting and make things take longer. We, we talked about that recently, about reasons why decluttering is a good idea. So disorganization can be a huge obstacle to getting stuff done that matters to us. A fifth obstacle that I thought about was um, what I, I'm calling unrealistic expectations. You know, it may be from other people, but I think a lot of times we may have unrealistic expectations about what we are capable of doing 
or what we should be capable of doing. And so we're taking on things that maybe we don't really need to do, but other people, we, we think other people expect us to, or we're capable of doing it. So we ought to, we feel we're taking on things that maybe other people could do just because we think we should be able to do it. And maybe our expectations are unrealistic about how long it will take to get something done or how much we can get done within a certain period of time. So unrealistic expectations can be a big obstacle to getting the stuff done that we want to get done. Uh, The next obstacle that I thought of is a lack of preparation, simply not having the information or resources we need to, to undertake a task that can prevent us from making progress on the tasks and projects that we need or want to do. And finally, uh, the last obstacle I thought of was interference. Um, and I'm calling as interference, it might be distractions, internal distractions, things that are kind of um, keeping us distracted so we're not working as purposefully and as efficiently as we should, or interruptions by other people. So those are all some some obstacles that I think can get in our way and prevent us from getting the stuff done that we really need or want to get done. Uh, and I think identifying which of those obstacles or another obstacle maybe that you've thought of that I didn't I didn't think of, Identifying which obstacles are getting in our way is a great first step towards making progress and getting um, getting some action taken. But simply identifying them is not going to solve the problem. We need to figure out strategies and techniques for overcoming those obstacles. And so I wanted to throw out a few of those that I thought of that uh, maybe that have helped me at times and maybe will be helpful to you. Again, I would really like to hear from you about what obstacles interfere with you getting the stuff done that you want to get done and how you overcome those obstacles. So let's just go back through the, what was it, six or seven obstacles that we identified and talk about a couple of strategies that maybe can help us overcome them. So the first obstacle was that overwhelm. Just, you know, there's too much to do, there, or the project is too big and I don't know how to get started. And so we're just paralyzed by overwhelm and that's why we're not taking action. And so a couple of things that I thought about for overcoming overwhelm is, is what I would refer to as triage, learn to identify the tasks of all this stuff we need to get done. What's the most important of those? And not only that is important, but that I'm the one that needs to be doing it. So I think the, the key skill to learn here is once we've written out this list, gotten it out of our head and onto paper where we can look at it, identifying which of these things are truly important, not just urgent, not just somebody's making loud noise about why haven't you done this yet, but what's really important, what's going to move you forward towards accomplishing your goals or meeting the expectations you have for yourself, the reasonable expectations, uh, which of those tasks on that list are that kind of task and that are things that really you are the one that needs to do them. Anything else, maybe you look at whether you can delete it, just not do it at all, 
or delegate it to somebody else. And that's whether it's somebody who answers to you that you can ask for help or someone you can pay to come in and help. And there's, you know, again, we've done episodes about this in the past. I'll put links in in uh, the show notes to a couple of episodes where we've talked about this concept of delegation beyond just not necessarily somebody that works for you in your workplace, but what are things that your kids could do that you're currently doing for them that maybe you can (laughs) hand off back to them, teach them how to do it, let them take a share of the load, a skill that will serve them well as they grow and go out on their own and take some of that load off of you so that you can focus on the things that really need your personal touch and of course, what are the things on our list that we shouldn't be doing at all that, that don't add value to your life or anybody else's? They're just busy work. You know, nobody's going to notice if they don't get done. Uh, think about what things are on your list that maybe you could take off the list to reduce that sense of overwhelm in, in the long run. Um, The clearer you are on your key values and priorities, the easier it is to weed out those projects and tasks that don't reflect those values. So knowing what matters to you, that's why I started by talking about uh, looking at the list of, of things that you're doing or that you want to be doing and asking yourself, what's really important? What on this list add will if I get it done, will add value to my life, to the lives of the people that I love or care about, and what doesn't. And the more you know what's most important to you, the more you can look at those lists with a clear eye and identify the things that matter and the things that don't, and hopefully knock the things that don't off the list. As I was researching um, for this episode, I did some reading of some articles that I thought were really helpful, and I will link those in the show notes for you. But in one of them, Chris Bailey, who's the author of The Productivity Project and a book called Hyperfocus, How to Be More Productive in a World of Distraction. Now, the first one, The Productivity Project, I've read, and it's really interesting. Hyperfocus, I haven't, but it's on my to to read list. But anyway, Chris has said, there are four types of tasks unnecessary work, distracting work, necessary work, and purposeful work. With a finite number of things we can focus on, he urges us to choose purposeful work that's both productive and attractive. Purposeful work involves activities that are simultaneously engaging and impactful. So think about that as you're evaluating all the things that you're spending your time on and which of those uh, those would fall into that category of purposeful work, and which of them maybe f- could fall into one of the other three categories. Uh, but do that triage, and maybe you can whittle your list down a little bit so that you're not going to feel so overwhelmed and stressed out. And then the other piece of dealing with overwhelm is if you've got a big project that is just, it's huge, whether it's, you know, I keep coming back as an example to writing a book. You can't write a book, but you can write a paragraph. You can write a sentence. You can, you know, 
come up, brainstorm a list of chapters. You can set up the document in Word if that's where you're going to write it. There are lots of small tasks that go into completion of a big project. And if you can identify what those small tasks are, then you can find your way in to that project, you can, which will help you get past that obstacle of overwhelm that has you procrastinating and have you get you to a point where you start making progress. So if you've got a big project, you know, again, I've had one recently, we in our household, we moved from one house to another. Moving is a huge project and it was overwhelming. You walk around a house that you've lived in for 13 years and you, you, it, it would be easy to be completely overwhelmed and think, I, I don't even know where to start. I'm going to go watch Netflix. And I'll admit I did that <laughs> a few times because it's just, you you don't know where to start. It's too big. You, you can't fathom doing it. And so any project like that, if you're feeling that way about what's on your list, sit down and think for a minute, what are the little pieces? What's one little step I can take? Maybe I can, you know, I've got to, I've got to get boxes. Okay. Uh, maybe the first step is to figure out where in my town I can get boxes and then go get them and then, you know, set them up and then start gathering things. What, you know, whatever your project is, think about what are all the small steps that will lead to completion of that project. And that makes it less overwhelming because while you can't do the big project, you can do one small piece of it and that gets the momentum going and you start making progress and good things happen from that. And that's how we really, it is how we um, overcome the overwhelm that keeps us from getting stuff done that we need to get done. All right. The, the second obstacle we talked about was fatigue. We're just, we don't have the, the physical or the mental energy to get the stuff done that we need or want to get done. How do we overcome that? This is a, a tough one. Uh, I think, I don't know. I, if it seems like a lot of the women I talk to, um, are struggling with this one because we're, we've, we're doing so much in our lives and it's easy to get just worn out and tired. And that can keep us from getting the things done that we want to get done. So one thought that I had for overcoming this particular obstacle is setting boundaries, both with others and with yourself, learning to say no to other people and to your own impulses to do too much. If we are taking on so much that we're exhausted trying to keep up with it all, then maybe some thought about why we're doing that. If, if we don't know how to say no, be, you know, if a lot of the stuff we're doing is because other people have asked us to, or we think they ex expect us to, then how do we learn to say no to them in a gracious way so that we're not taking on too much? I think often that's less of a problem for a lot of us than our own impulse to just take on too much. We want to please people. We want to be seen as a person who is competent and, and who gets things done. And so we keep saying yes. And, and then we end up feeling frustrated because we're not getting it all done. So learning to set those boundaries, both with other people and with ourselves as to what we will take on, uh, and while still leaving enough time in our days and our weeks to get the rest that we need. And that's the other piece of dealing with this, uh, this obstacle of fatigue. 
and that is self-care. We talked about this last week in, in the context of keeping our motivation going. I think it comes up everywhere, and I feel like a lot of us struggle with this. We don't take care of ourselves, and that leads to this vicious cycle. We've got so much to do that, oh, I'm, I'm skipping meals to get my work done. I'm staying up late after the kids go to bed to get my work done. And then I wake up in the morning, I'm exhausted and I have a hard time getting going and I can't keep up because I feel so lousy. And so the answer to that really is for every one of us to develop better habits that contribute to having enough energy to do what we need and want to do. And that's all the stuff that goes along with self-care, adequate nutrition and water, getting to bed at a decent hour rather than trying to get a little bit more work done, all those sorts of things, making time for rest and recreation, taking care of ourselves goes a long way to overcoming this obstacle of fatigue that will keep us from getting things done. And it feels a little counterintuitive, doesn't it? If we think I have way too much to do, how can I possibly take time out to, you know, take a nap or to eat a decent meal? I've got to keep working. I've got to stay up till two in the morning in order to get all this stuff done. Taking time out to do this other, you know, these other things, this self-care seems impossible but it really is necessary. The more we have to do, the more important it becomes that we take care of ourselves physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all those things are so important. The more demands that we have on our time and our energy, the more important those things become. All right. The third obstacle we talked about was that lack of confidence, that feeling that I don't know enough to do these things, or I don't have the skills or the competence to take on these these tasks, to accomplish these uh, tasks that I have set for myself or that other people are asking me to, and so I keep stalling. I'll admit that I f- feel this a lot. This is uh, this was actually one of the things that kind of triggered me wanting to uh, think about this topic more and ultimately do this episode. There are certain things I've been asked to do that I really want to do, that I'm excited about doing, but I don't feel qualified. I don't feel competent. So I keep stalling getting started because I'm afraid I'm going to do it badly, and so I I don't start. And uh, this lack of confidence, I think, happens to a lot of us, you know, whether it's the old um, imposter syndrome or whatever, just, I, you know, that... that thought that, well, if I just learn a little bit more, then I could start, I could do these things that I said I was going to do. Well, the only way you get past the lack of confidence is to take action, to trust yourself, trust that if you don't know what you need to know, you can learn it. And if you don't have the skill, you can develop it. So have a little faith in yourself. And I'm talking to myself here as much as I am to you. We need to learn to trust ourselves that if if we there's something we really feel that we want to do or is part of our you know commitment to somebody else that we can we can do it and and then take the steps to learn what we need to know. We can do it from books, from YouTube videos, from other people we know who already know how to do whatever it is um, that we want to do. There's lots of ways we can get the skill and the knowledge to uh, be successful at the projects or tasks that are on our list. 
rather than letting that lack of confidence hold us back from even starting. The fourth obstacle that we talked about was disorganization. And here we've talked about this a lot in recent episodes. Number one, take the time to declutter and organize your space. There will be less time and energy lost to working around clutter or searching for materials you need. If disorganization, clutter, and just a lack of organization of your physical space is an obstacle that you're dealing with, the way the way you overcome it is to face it head on and do the work to declutter and organize that space. Make a workspace for yourself that is conducive to taking action. And similarly, if the lack of organization has to do with your approach to your work, rather than just your physical surroundings, use the, all the techniques that we've talked about in the past to get your work organized. Simple things, write down every task, have that list, identify tasks that are similar and batch them where you can. All those things that we talk about uh, for getting our work approach organized can help us overcome this obstacle. And we'll be talking more about that in coming weeks of ways that we can Uh, be more effective in getting the things done that we are trying to do. But uh, taking action to get organized overcomes that disorganization. And if you don't know how to get organized, if you're not sure where to start, you know, call for help. Ask for some, uh, if you've got a friend who's, who you feel like they're, she's very organized and really good at that, trade off something you're good at for her. Say, I'll cook dinner for your family if you'll come and help me reorganize my home office or something like that. Um, But find the help that you need to get your space and your approach to your work organized so that it's not an obstacle keeping you from taking action. The fifth obstacle we talked about was those unrealistic expectations. Mostly, I, what I'm thinking about, as I said earlier, is our own unrealistic expectations about what we're capable of doing in a given period of time and th- that sort of thing. And so the first step to overcoming that obstacle is getting really clear and really honest with yourself about how long it takes you to do the things that you do, especially those key tasks that are really important. And, and the only way to do that that I know of is literally to time yourself and keep a written log of how long you spend doing those tasks. So track your time for a a week or so. And I think in our resource tab at theproductivewoman.com, there is a, a, a time tracking log that for a week where you can kind of take notes of how long you spend doing different things or how you spend your time, get a real honest look at, um, how you actually, how long it actually takes you to get certain things done, whether it's folding clothes or writing that report at work or commuting or whatever it is, keep a log of that for a week or at least a few days. And if you don't find uh, that time tracking, you know, the week thing uh, on the website, just shoot me an email at feedback at the productive and I'll make sure to get it to you. And then once you've done that, so you've tracked your time, what you're doing, uh, and how long it takes you to do those key tasks for a week or at least several days, use that information to plan what you're going to do and when. 
so that you can realistically schedule things knowing, okay, I've got to do this thing on Tuesday. And I always thought it only took me 15 minutes. Turns out it takes me an hour. Then don't schedule, you know, another commitment 15 minutes after you start that project. Be realistic in how you're, what you're agreeing to and when you're scheduling things. Also, look for ways to reduce the time you spend on routine tasks, ways that you can be more efficient. Decluttering and organizing will help because you won't waste time looking for the tools or trying to work around a mess. Uh, Also, developing routines will help you to be more efficient, that is, spend less time on those routine tasks because the more times you do things a certain way, they become a routine. You don't have to think about it anymore and you will become faster and more efficient so you can move on to other things. And one thing that I found uh, to be really helpful in terms of, of corralling those tasks that are taking more time than you want to spend them on is to set time boundaries. And by that, I mean, you decide how much time you will allocate to a particular task. So instead of saying, well, it takes me 30 minutes to clean the bathroom. Okay. And maybe it does now, maybe it takes you an hour to do whatever this thing is. We'll say cleaning the bathroom as a, a simple example. Maybe you've tracked yourself and you timed yourself and it took you 45 minutes. And so, but you don't want to spend 45 minutes cleaning the bathroom because you would rather work on your novel or, you know, go to lunch with a friend or whatever other things you have in mind. So it, now that you know how long it's been taking you, now set a boundary around that and say, instead of saying, well, it takes me, you know, 45 minutes to clean the bathroom, you say, I am going to allocate 20 minutes to cleaning the bathroom. And that's all the time I'm going to spend on it. And you set a timer and you work steadily and quickly during that time. When the timer goes off, you're done and you move on to the next thing on your list. I think if we allow, you know, the the old adage that work expands to fit, uh, to fill the time available for it is so true. And so if we start to put boundaries around tasks that are taking up more time, more of our time than we want them to, um, maybe it's your time on social media. Maybe you're going to sit say, all right, I did my tracking for a week and realized, okay, I spent an hour and a half every day on social media, just scrolling through Facebook or posting things on Instagram. And there are other things I would rather do with that time. So now you put a boundary around it, say, I'm going to spend 10 minutes a day on social media. And you set that timer, you sit down, you do your social media, timer goes off, you close Facebook, you close Instagram, you shut down Pinterest and you move on to the next thing that you had on your list to do. That can be so valuable having a timer and you can use the timer on your phone. I use I, I, the, my Apple watch cause I can just speak to it and tell it to set a timer or I've got some of the Amazon echoes in various places in my house and I can set it, you know, tell Uh, that to say, I'm not going to say the word because I've got one in the room here and it'll trigger it, but say, you know, device set a 15 minute timer and it will do that for me and it'll ping me when it's up and now it's time to move on. So setting time boundaries uh, can really help us deal with those unrealistic expectations about how much time we have to spend on things. But the other thing I would say, just sort of big picture 
to each one of us is we have these ideas of what we should be able to do or what we should be getting done. And I, I want to encourage you, and I'm trying to tell myself this as well, to stop shoulding and give yourself grace. You don't have to be a superwoman. Nobody is. I know you think some of us, you know, there are other women out there who are superwomen who get it all done. You know what? They don't live your life. You don't live theirs. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. It doesn't matter what somebody else is doing. We, we really need to stop imposing these shoulds on ourselves and allow ourselves to be who we are and live the life we have and, and be more realistic about what we can do at this stage of our lives, uh, whatever that might be. All right, the next obstacle that we had talked about was a lack of preparation. So you don't, you don't have the materials or uh, resources that you need to get something done. And that is a big obstacle to taking action to accomplish the tasks or projects that you have in mind. And the way you overcome the lack of preparation is to plan ahead. It's just that simple. Now, it's not necessarily easy if you're not, you know, you don't have a habit of planning, but it is that simple. If there are projects you've been putting off, sit down and make a list of everything you feel you need to get started, whether it's equipment or tools or supplies, information, advice, help, whatever it is you need in order to take the first step on that project. Put it all, you know, get it all on a list and then go about assembling the tools and materials, rounding up the help you need, maybe meet your mentor for lunch and get her advice on the best approach, whatever it is, you know, whatever it is you need, go get it so you can start. Plan ahead. Um, Laura Vanderkam, the author of books like Off the Clock and 168 Hours and a past guest on this podcast, she encourages us to, as she puts it, think through your weeks before you are in them. And she notes that Friday afternoons are really good for this. If you can do it Friday afternoon, I think that can be a great idea. Look ahead to the coming week of what is it you're going to want to accomplish and what do you need to have in place in order to do that. F doing it Friday afternoons can be great because that gives you some time on the weekend to gather those materials and so on. But Sunday afternoons can also be a good time to take that look forward at the coming week and get your plan in place. So planning ahead is the way you overcome the obstacle of lack of preparation. There's nothing more frustrating to than finally having the time and the energy to start working on a project or taking that action, doing that task that you had on your list and realizing, oh, I can't because I need to talk to this other person first, or I need this, this piece of equipment and I don't have it, or I need these supplies and I didn't stop at the store and get them. So planning ahead is how we overcome that. And scheduling a regular time each week, whether it's Friday afternoon, as Laura Vanderkam suggests, Sunday afternoons, if that works for you, whatever it is, to sit down, Look at your calendar, look ahead, what is it you're going to accomplish next week and what do you need to get in place to do it can make all the difference. I would say this though, set yourself a time limit for the preparation, a deadline by which you're actually going to start because... <laughs> 
Planning can be a great procrastinating technique. Well, I'm going to do this thing as soon as I get it all figured out, get all the preparation done. And that can go on forever. So this goes back to that setting boundaries and say, I'm going to give myself, you know, three hours or one week or whatever makes sense to you to prepare. And at the end of that preparation period, I'm going to take the first action on this project. Set yourself a time limit, set those deadlines for yourself, and then start. And then the final obstacle that we had talked about is that interference, whether it's distractions coming internally, interruptions coming from other people. I think the first step to overcoming that interference is to figure out where it's coming from. So say you're getting interrupted a lot at work and you're having a hard time getting your tasks, your to-dos done. Where is that interference coming from? Is it lots of random interruptions from lots of different sources? Or are there specific people who repeatedly interrupt you? If it's the latter, maybe you want to sit down and have a conversation with them about what you're trying to accomplish and figure out together how can their needs be met while still giving you the time you need to get your stuff done. Maybe you set a time uh, in the afternoons for your direct reports or your, to meet with you or for you to meet with your supervisor to go over things so they don't just pop in when you're in the middle of trying to get some serious work done. Whatever that might be. If it's lots of random interruptions, maybe you figure out when they're more likely to come and schedule your deep work for a time of day when those interruptions are less likely to come. Or figure out a time when you can close your door or go work in a conference room somewhere where people won't be looking for you for a period of time to make real progress on those important tasks. Identify time periods when, you, when you're able to work without interruption and allocate those times to those key projects or tasks and really do what you can to protect those times. I guess at the end of the day, what I would say is for, for each of us, instead of letting ourselves get derailed by frustration over interruptions, maybe we focus on what we can control and do what we can do with that. So to me, those are ways of dealing with those, uh, that interference, those interruptions, whether it's at home or at work, getting the other people who are involved on board can go a long way towards giving you some time to really focus on the work you need to do. You could also look at some past episodes where we've talked about things like how to stay focused uh, in episode 194 or dealing with distraction in episode 243 and workplace productivity in episode 258. There's some good resources there as well. So those are some of my thoughts on, you know, what the, getting stuff done, fi- figuring out what we, is important, figuring out what's getting in the way of getting those things done, and strategies for overcoming those obstacles that keep us from making progress on the goal, on the goals, the projects, the tasks that are important to us. But what do you think? What do you do when you feel like you can't keep up with your to-do list in general? or when there are specific tasks that keep getting put off. How, how do you overcome the things that keep you from getting stuff done? I would love to hear from you. Please share your ideas, your questions, whatever, your thoughts on this topic. 
in the comment section of the show notes for this episode, which you'll find at theproductivewoman.com slash 279, or post a comment or question on the Productive Woman's Facebook page. If you're a woman who listens to this show and you are not yet a part of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, join us there. You can just go to theproductivewoman.com slash group, and uh, that will take you right to the the page for the uh, Facebook group and be sure to answer the questions there. And I'd love to have you there. That's a great place to have these conversations, to encourage each other, maybe to find an accountability partner to keep things going. Uh, If you'd rather share your thoughts on this episode with me privately, you can always email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I would love to hear from you. Before we go, I want to say a special thanks to our returning sponsor, FreshBooks. Did you know that 24 million Americans, more than the population of the state of Florida, want to work for themselves by the year 2021? I didn't know that, but I also didn't know that over a third of them who want to do that cite inconsistent income as one of the biggest things holding them back. If you've been thinking about launching a business or you have a business and it's frustrating because you have to spend so much time just trying to get paid, would getting paid two times faster help you do that? Well, FreshBooks is a cloud accounting software that basically does your invoicing for you and on top of that gets you paid about twice as fast uh, as you might otherwise get paid. And it's really easy to use because it's made for entrepreneurs like you. FreshBooks lets you create and send invoices automatically. It lets you accept credit cards and ACH payments right from the invoices. Uh, It lets you automate payments for recurring invoices and automate invoice payment reminders, which I really like because I hate bugging people to pay me uh, for an invoice I've already sent them. Overall, FreshBooks helps you face big challenges like getting paid so you can focus on growing your business. And I'm excited that they are giving the Productive Woman listeners, a free 30-day trial of FreshBooks right now. No credit card required. You can try it out, see if it will work for you and your business. Go to freshbooks.com TPW and be sure to enter the Productive Woman in their How Did You Hear About Us question. And remember, if you're wanting to get healthier this year so you have more energy to get stuff done, don't forget to visit metpro.co slash TPW to get that complimentary metabolic profiling assessment and consultation where you can learn about your metabolism and what approaches will work best for you and get personalized advice from one of their metabolic expert coaches. To claim this offer, head to metpro.co slash TPW. And thank you so much to MetPro and FreshBooks for supporting the Productive Woman podcast. And that's it for this episode of The Productive Woman. As always, thank you so much for spending this time with me. I hope you found something in it that's helpful to you. I look forward to talking with you again very soon and to hearing from you your ideas on this topic. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. Matter.